Hey folks, Larry from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Have you been trying to figure out what subscription box to sign up for? If you're a movie buff, then I've got what you need, baby. Horror Pack. For just $19.99 each month, you'll get three DVDs and an exclusive. Or you can spend $24.99 and snag three Blu-rays and an exclusive each month. Just go to horrorpack.com and pick your plan. Now, you've been told what to do, so go do it. Horrorpack.com We ready for this? Don't know, but the reporters are going. Oh, no, we're not ready. Oh. <laughs> well, you can start. Well, I can't do the hello. Hello. No, now you're in Europe. Hi, Larry. Hi, Chris. everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Achieving Rally, the podcast. Yeah, that's right. We're back, like always. This week, we talk about the worst jobs in the world. These are something that you just wouldn't want to do. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for a job, maybe you turn one of these down. All right, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Rally, the podcast. We'll see you at the end. Bye. What did we do yesterday? Some laundry. No. Yes. We went record shopping. Oh, that, yeah. We went to the new location of Mojo's, and I picked up the two that I was looking for. I got Yes Songs and Huey Huey Lewis in the News 4, because I had to have Hip to be Square on it. You know why they call it 4, right? It took you four times to say it, right? (laughs) That's not why they call it 4. Yeah. It's a golf term because he goes by sports stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. First one was, the other one was sports. This one's four. F-O-R-E. It's not F-O-U-R. In the small world. Well, that's because he likes Disney. <laughs> and you didn't see that? The hidden track is It's a Small World done by Huey Lewis in the News. No. Actually, I wouldn't mind hearing that. And the last one's weather. Yeah. Because sports, weather. Yeah, I know. The News, yes. I got those. We left there after grabbing quite a few albums, and then we went over to uh, Mojo's. Yeah, Mojo's like satellite location in an antiques place that we, we like to go hit, and um, picked up another album there. I got a '96 Rock Home Cooking Two. Home Cooking Two. Thank you. With how much it costs for ads, so the ad sheet on it. Uh, I sent a picture of that to Christopher Rude, friend of the show. He said he's seen the sheet, but he wasn't there at that time. But not with these prices. Yeah. No, he was, he, he didn't get there until 90. I swear he was on there earlier, but he would know better than I would because, well, it was him. <laughs> and then Chris got a $40 mystery box. Yeah, so as I like to call it the Tom Jones surprise gift package. In this case, yeah. In one that I got, it was the Yes in Chicago <laughs> gift box. Apparently it's time for Ed Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of their day. The Indian head's going to come up in a minute. Uh, you have to play the national anthem first, though. 
Yeah. We have uh, A Christmas Together with John Denver and the Muppets. It doesn't have an outer sleeve, though. Though it's in good condition for not having an outer sleeve at oh, all. Was it in another sleeve? Was it uh, yeah, I think it was in another sleeve. Oh, it was one of those that had two in there. Yeah. The first one I pulled out of the box was Marie Osmond. It had three albums in it. And uh, one of them was... Laugh-In was one of them. Yeah, Laugh-In, Lily Tomlin was another. And then who was the third? I can't remember. Somebody we don't know. But then later on... But there was no Marie Osmond. But there was no Marie Osmond. But then later on, in another album cover, a Olivia Newton-John album, we pulled out the album for the Marie Osmond that was supposed to be in the Marie Osmond cover. I never found the but Olivia Newton-John. But never found the Olivia Newton-John. So, got a big kick out of that. I thought that was really funny. It was kind of an interesting box. No kind of. It was an interesting box. It was an ass load of Tom Jones. Yeah, a couple of Inglebert Humperdinks. Robert Goulet. Yeah, we got Robert Goulet out of there. And uh, quite a few others from the time period. A couple of Emerson, Lincoln Palmers in there. Yeah, there was some Emerson, Lincoln Palmer. But yeah, it wasn't all 50s and 60s stuff. And Alan Parsons. There was a ton of 70s. Some Russian stuff. Yeah, Black Russian. Black Russian. It's a group who defected in 1976. Mm-hmm. Read the label. I, I don't want to read the whole thing. Oh, I'll go get it. Uh, to America because because they were not really because they were tired of uh, dealing with the communist suppression of music and they came here and they did a disco album we listened to one side of it it wasn't half bad but it's kind of like listening to ABBA they're a trio not a quattro yeah or a quartet yeah we got a Rick Springfield in there Eddie Money Brian Adams all your 80s names. Glenn Campbell. Steve Martin Sleeve. Yeah, oh, yeah. We got you, got a, a, you got a Jim Neighbors. Oh, yeah, we got a Jim Neighbors. I, I think it's Jim Neighbors. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. It's the world of Jim Neighbors. The world neighbors. of Jim, Jim neighbors. neighbors. All right, so here and we go. Here's the funny part. It's a Russian group called Black Russian on Motown Records. Yeah, so it's a Motown record release, and it's not for distribution, the one that we have anyways. Black Russian is the first Russian pop group ever signed. Ooh, that's a shirt. <laughs> Ever signed by American label, the three members, Natasha, Sergei, and Vladimir, renounced their citizenship. That sounds so stereotypical, like somebody's making up this band. They Every might name. be. I need three Russian names. Uh, Sergei, Vladimir, and, and um, Natasha. <laughs> They're classically trained, yet influenced by the latest trends in American rock and R&B. Natasha and Sergei were in Lord. the state jazz orchestra, and Vladimir was with the Singing Hearts. So, like I said, they left because of the anti-rock Soviet bureaucracy. Came here, and this was their first Which album. That's, that's a funny thought because well, Russia, I mean, that's, rock was huge in Russia. Yeah, but they weren't allowed records. They were printing records on. Um, X-rays, which oh god, I want to get one of those I've so bad. Those, I've seen those online. So have I. I Albert heard. had them. Oh, did he? Yeah, had a whole mess of them. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he might still have them. Chris might be sent road trip. Yeah, right. If you <laughs> if, if, you, if, if he's there, so Chris over so, there looking at the world of Jim Neighbors. So side two, track one. Uh, side two, tra- uh, oh yeah, bridge over troubled water. We we'll have to do a, a comparison thing of all the bridge over troubled waters we picked up. How many do we have now? Well, Robert Goulet yeah. has one on his. We got Jim Neighbors. I've okay. got Aretha Franklin. She does Bridge Over Troubled Water. Uh-huh. So that's oh, wow. three. I'm sure there are others. Apparently, everybody and their brother did it. Yeah. Well, he also did Sunrise Sunset. They did Cabaret. 
Yeah. I can't even imagine what that's going to sound like. Well, with his voice? Yeah. Like Robert Goulet singing it? I don't want to hear Robert Goulet sing it either. It's, no, neither does Robert Goulet. That is, Oops. ow. For, for lack of a better word, that's a tenor performance. That's not. Yeah, these guys are both deep basses. Baritones. Both. We'll have to, we'll have to listen to it later. Yeah. But I got I to gotta go over all the albums with the uh, brush and the, if I need to, the cleaning solution. Okay. I would go ahead and use the cleaning solution on that one. Jim Neighbors? Mm-hmm. What, did it look gross? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Bad. Just, you know that's been somebody's attic or basement for 30 plus years. It's pretty clean. Yeah, we would look at it, but we just can't get past that shirt he's wearing. You know, my dad probably had that shirt. No, it looks good. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to go over it a couple of times, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. As long mm-hmm. as it's not too weird. It's not like that Red Fox album. Yeah, or that other one that you had in there that one side is all covered with... It's not covered, but it looks like some of the plastic is separating off the vinyl. It's not, but it looks like. It looks like it's got bubbles and stuff in it. Just rope up so you don't get into the album too fast. You have to take your time and listen to it. Ah. Yeah, like Red Dog the last night when we were listening to that. This uh, Red Dog, he was a local guy. He sang with uh, the Allman Brothers... He's a roadie. He's a roadie. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a roadie with the Allman Brothers. Yeah. He passed in 2011. Our researcher was doing research last night, and we put it on, and it was really kind of funny because it was sealed still. Put it on, and it skipped twice. More than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe that'll clear up with the. I think bit it of cleaning. was I think it was just because it was still on. sealed. Yeah, we'll see what happens when we clean it up. And if not, then it's just a bad pressing. It could be a bad pressing. Well, I, mean, I, I think it was just... That was an independent pressing. That's not a yeah major label thing. Yeah, the uh, outer sleeve on that was so thin, it was like paper. I'm like that one guy we were watching at your place the other day. It was like, I only buy the best vinyl with the best covers. And I get real pissed off when it's signed on the inside and not the outside. Like, sure. Yeah, but the one he was talking about was one of those limited pressings, yeah, independent just, labels. Yeah, super independent label. I made like, like $170 for it. Yeah, like oh, 200 yeah. like or it was like a 50 were signed, he said, something, something like that. that. Yeah. So like 50 were signed. It's like, yeah, but so you got it only because you wanted the guy's signature? Well, he got that one because he wanted the signature. I mean, he would have still bought it. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that to a certain degree. If you get somebody to sign something, you want it on the outer cover so that people can see it. Yeah, I, mean, I can get it, but if the guy is signing albums and he's handed a stack of inner sleeves, well, guess what? That's what's getting signed, you know? They should just sign the actual record so you can watch it just spin. It would actually have been easier to sign it on the outer cover than the inner cover. Not if they didn't have the well, inner... It was a gatefold. No, no, they signed it on this. I thought they said it on the inner gatefold. Mm-mm. It was on the paper that holds the album, the inner sleeve. Yeah. And well, get, then get a new inner sleeve, put that in the album, and display the inner sleeve. Yeah. Ta-da. But no, he needed to complain about it. Well, you know, if you get a book signed, it's usually signed on the inside, inside not on the cover. Right. I know because I've got two or three. Kane Hodder signed my Behind the Mask inside. Yeah, where there's paper. Yeah, where there's paper. Gene Simmons signed his on the inside, but he's got that really elaborate signature. Well, of course he does. With the money bag and all that. 
And then I've got another one. Yeah. And then Nancy, remember the ghost hunting? We went and ate dinner with her and all that. Mm -hmm. She signed all three of my books on the inside mm -hmm. because that's where paper is. Yeah. And they always have that one blank page mm -hmm. that I think is specifically for the artist to sign or the Arthur, author, not Arthur. Well, unless the author's name is Arthur. Either or. Yeah. I still think next time we go to some horror convention, if Robert England's there, you need to take a copy of Kane Hodder's book and have him sign it. Oh, yeah. And tell him we're playing a joke on Kane Hodder. You know, so that's well, why, that's have, why we want you to sign this book. I'd have to buy a new book. Be worth it. Yeah, well, it's in paperback now. Especially if we can get you to go over there, Kane Hodder's table, and try and get him to sign it too. Yeah, with the wrong, with the wrong, wrong Jason on. Oh my gosh. No, actually, it'd be better if we got a third person to do it, so neither one of us got hurt. Yeah. That would be so, good. Marissa. No. <laughs> None of them are well. We already know that Robert England would never hurt a fly. He's he's an incredibly sweet guy. Yeah, he's a really nice, really guy. nice. Because we met him at was it Days of the Dead or was it a Dragon? Con? It was a Dragon Con. A Dragon. And I spent ten minutes just talking books with it. Well, that's our plan for the next big horror convention we go to. That they're well, there. The, yeah, they have to be there. It's going to say we could do it this one, but it's not going to be them. It'll be some other people. Trejo. Oh. Oh, God, I want to get Danny Trejo's autograph on something. I don't think it's happening. It's next year. They, they move oh, it to February. Oh, we're talking about Days of the Dead, oh, not Days Dragon Con. Oh, yeah, okay. Dragon Con's not happening this year. That'll go next year. Oh, yes, it's going to happen virtually. What is, yeah, so not happen. Yeah. Theater show's going to suck. Already does. you got to wait two and a half hours to get in the damn thing. In the I, and I watched the Hall H panel with Kevin Smith for San Diego Comic Cons. Mm -hmm. That was not good. He's just sitting in front of a camera, yeah, talking like he does. Yeah, like he does. But the Comic Con's bleeping every third word. Oh yeah, um, so it almost got hard to follow it at one point. It's like I'm not sure what he's talking about. He was, they he made a, a little funny about that little cartoon with him and uh, it's supposed to be of Harley, but somebody's doing Harley's voice on it, and she's beeping all the words, but mm -hmm. the cuss words are getting through. It was funny. So this was like a Zoom? Uh, well, it was a, this is a no, it's, it's, it's a online. Live, it's a live stream. Oh, yeah, you had to go oh, online. Okay, okay. Not like Zoom, because nobody, Zoom couldn't handle that kind of flow. And that's well, I mean, that's thousands of people at a shot. Okay. Why would they sit there and start blinking all this other stuff? I mean, blinking. Because they're afraid that little kids are watching. Because it's a Comic-Con. So obviously it's but it's children. Yeah, but it's the Comic Con that's corporate. It's the Corporate Con. It's a great movie. Corporate Con. No, that's convention world startup. The Corporate Con? Yeah, all the major corporations that are not in the entertainment industry can have their own big convention. But they get together around and talk about being big corporate entities. <laughs> I think they already have that. No, no, no. I think it's called the stock exchange. No, this will be good. Okay. Yeah, you know, Coca-Cola will show up, Home Depot. Google. Google. Well, Google. Facebook. Has, I'm sure Google has their own con. They are C their own con. CNN. No, we were not. I'm not allowing CNN, CNN in. Okay. No, we had to let them in so we could put them at the table next to Fox News. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Hey, folks. Larry here. Are you losing weight too quickly? Are you at a size that clothing makers don't, uh, well, make? I know I am. So AR Products made true sizers. They're pants and shorts that are sized like any other, well, 
pants and shorts, but they have a snap system that allows the flex of three sizes. Snap it in and tighten down half a size. Snap it out for bigger half size. True Sizers by AR Product. Fits like a glove or a pair of pants. Howdy y'all, I'm Chud. I'm a poet and philosophizer. I'm gonna read you poetry and tell you what it means. Hope y'all enjoy. Here we are again, folks. Another reading by Chud. This one is called The Ironic Poem About Prostitution by George Orwell, and in parentheses, Eric Arthur Blair. When I was young and had no sense, and far off Mandalay, I lost my heart to a Burmese girl, as lovely as the day. Her skin was gold, her hair was jet, her teeth were ivory, and I did say, for twenty silver pieces, maiden, sleep with me. She looked at me, so pure, so sad, the loveliest thing alive, and in her lisping, virgin voice, stood out for twenty-five. Okay, now it's pretty funny right there. That just means that she's like, no way, you're too ugly for that. I ain't gonna get to do that for another $20. That ain't right at all. But that's a good one. I just wanted to find something kind of humorous because I've been doing a lot of death and whatnot. So there you go. An ironic poem about prostitution by George Orwell. Just remember, 1984, folks. Today. Guess what time it is? No idea. It's time for a top ten yang. Woo! Woo! There you go. <laughs> Though this top ten reactions to Larry's disclaimers. Woo! Though this <laughs> is one. the worst professions in the entire world. Seven worst jobs in the entire world. Apparently. Yes. All righty. These are just number seven. Whatever the hell it is, Larry knows. <laughs> Nothing. So, podcaster, but it's not really a job. It's a task. Well, it's not seven worst tasks in the world. Just because it doesn't pay doesn't make it a, not a job. No, no, it makes it a ho- it makes it a hobby. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, the difference between a job and a hobby is the job you get paid for a hobby you have to pay to do. Yeah. Here we go. First one on the list: manual sewer cleaner. Manual sewer Ooh. cleaner. So if you have a manual sewer, somebody needs to get down there and clean it. Yeah, well, it says, as we expected, sewer cleaners are the individuals lucky enough to clear blockages and other problems from the sewers. Ed Norton. <laughs> In India, however, it is common for men to be employed to manually clear said blockages. How do they do it? They jump in the sewers with just pants on. We don't want to mess your shirt up. Ew. Well, so, it, could, it could only be like ankle high. It, no, he's all the way in the... Oh, you got a picture. Yeah, it's a picture of the dude fully immersed in the sewer. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, nasty. So, here, hey, how about your second one? Ready for this one? Oh, What's yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still lingering on the first one. Yeah. 
Well, don't breathe too deeply. The smell will knock you out. Okay, number two. Number two. That was the first one. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Animal masturbator. Has to be done. When researchers conduct animal fertility studies, they naturally must procure spooge samples. And to do so, researchers have three options on hand, and none of them are very appealing. The first involves inserting an electric probe into the animal. The second requires the animal's penis to be placed inside an artificial vagina. And the third, and most disturbing, involves you spanking off the horse. Or bull, or pig, or sheep, or whatever. Wow. So there's that one. You want that job? No. No, I got one, thanks. I know you have a job. Do you want this to be your second job? No, no. I very have talked my first one. But, you know, check the classifieds there. You might find something. <laughs> I wouldn't... I don't know if this... Maybe should... you get a TV show. You know, Dr. Paul. Yeah, maybe. You don't know. Mary's Animal Adventures. <laughs> Ew. Ooh. <laughs> that'd be Klaus's great job. I don't know if I would put this on this list or not. Third one, number three. Number three? Is embalmer. Yeah, that's not a job I'd want. It's not a job I want, but I don't know. I don't know if I would technically know it doesn't. But I don't know if they don't I would embalm themselves, Larry. They don't need to be embalmed. That's only for display purposes. You oh, like if you're a collector. <laughs> Ew. The bone collector. Then you wouldn't need to embalm them. That's if you're a bone collector. True. Embalmers are responsible for the sanitization and preservation of corpses. To do so, embalmers must wash and disinfect the body, replace the fluids with gases and preservatives. Actually, it's more fluids and preservatives. As well as wash and arrange hair, makeup, and blah, blah, blah. It's literally what well, it's... Formaldehyde is a gas. It's also a liquid. It's an aqueous solution of formaldehyde. Yeah. Oh, and the picture they have is they're embalming a person in Manila. Hmm. It's just a giant envelope. That's weird. Well, he, knew that he knew that joke was coming. It's easier to mail them that way. That's true. I don't know if I would put that on there. I don't know if that's all that bad of a job. I mean, it's it's, it's creepy. Well, also you have to think that... And there are chances it could be gross. Well, they're also responsible for reconstruction, too. But those are only certain kinds of embalmers. It does... Bodies in the, you know, this was not a boating accident. Yes, it has the chance of being horrible, but I don't know if it's one of the top three worst jobs. Well, if you are the type of person that's going to have that job, then to you it's not going to be so bad as it would be to somebody, like say if the government came to you tomorrow and said, so time of crisis, we need more embalmers. Larry, you're being conscripted into the embalming service. You would be like, no, thank you. Well, if I'm conscripted, I don't have a choice. That's right. But you would find it not to be a pleasant job whatsoever. You would take no joy. I don't know. I lived behind a place, and I watched a couple of embalmings. They weren't all that gross to me. Just saying. So, To people who are, don't have the proper mindset, then yeah, that's going to be a horrific job to have. Yeah. I mean, think about me when I had to sell plots. That was kind of... You're not embalming people. You're just selling a piece of ground and a yeah, but, thing to go but, in it. But there's there's a mindset of a person a that, that sells plots. You would have done very well with that. You were just too nice. You didn't want to fuck people over like Captain well, Jack. I, yeah, I'm not that type of person. So it's just like... She literally worked for a dude who was a captain and his name was Jack. So they called him Captain Jack. And no, he won't get you high tonight. You don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, number four. 
Hazmat driver. That could have. Oh, I'm sorry. Diver. Hazmat diver. Diver. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I got some issues to it. I'm hoping that's hard hat diving. There's a picture of a guy. He's wearing a mask. Just a mask? I don't know. All I see is the mask and the top of his head in poop. So no helmet. No helmet. Ooh. Uh, I don't know about that. You got one of those like suits on? It says I don't know. I it, I told you what I said. It says hazmat diving is dangerous line of work that involves diving into raw sewage or dangerous chemicals to control pollution, repair damage, and conduct general maintenance involving hazardous materials. Naturally, the job requires several vaccinations and donning of uncomfortable helmets. He's not wearing a helmet. It's just his big, bald head. Ew. Well, maybe it's just a picture of an unfortunate diver and not an actual hazmat diver. I'm sure that's got to be a, a this, helmet that jerk dives. This does not look like... They get those suits like they had in the abyss. <laughs> they should. They better. This does yeah, not look like he's diving in just me. generic, like, muddy water. This looks like yeah. he's swimming around that's in That's what they call it hazmat. A puddle of <laughs> crap. It's this hazardous material. You don't go down there without a helmet. Yeah, so that was... Don't think your whole body you would be in a suit or something. Yeah. Because you don't want all that stuff on your actual skin. So here's the next one. And this is another one, and maybe it's because of too much CSI. Yeah, this job is definitely not worth 27 dollars a year. <laughs> Forensic entomologist. Yeah, I know one of those. You know a forensic entomologist? I know an entomologist. He dabbled in that sort of thing before. So forensic entomology is a study of insects in relation to a criminal matter. The forensic entomologist has the (laughs) glorious task of studying rotted corpses and insects found within them to ascertain the causes of death. In times. Part of that, yes, I wouldn't want to do, but just the studying of the bugs I don't think would bother me. Has he told you any horror stories before? Not really does that, no. No. You pick the bugs out. Yeah. See what kind of bugs they are. You yeah. Can, you can determine, you know, if they were dropped in that location or moved to that location sometimes. And you can figure out by the age so of the bugs. it seems like most of what CSI taught us was spot on. Not everything. I didn't say everything. I said most. I, I mean, just about that, because that's what they were talking about. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Kind of interesting from a distance. Upwind. I don't want to be pulling bugs out of dead people. No. Mm-mm. Or live people, for that matter. I don't think you Mosquito know. researcher. Mosquito researcher. There's, there again, hopefully they have some kind of special suit. Well, no, they're... I mean, they... From the picture, most of the things, they're just in glass containers with, like, mesh. You know, keeping them in the container. Yeah, but you still got to go out and collect them. Well, that shouldn't be too hard. You throw a couple of blood sausages out and wait... Yeah, and then you have to go collect them. Yeah, pick the blood sausage up, set it in the thing. If you work in mosquito research, well, you're, if you're researching mosquitoes. You're probably researching bloodborne pathogens diseases and stuff. Yeah. So hopefully you got a suit. Uh, you're striving for a better world via experimental science and medicine. Still, doesn't make it any fun to get bit by mosquitoes day in and day out for your entire career. Nope. Especially if you're having to research those little buggers for bloodborne diseases. If you're thinking of going into this field, make sure to invest <laughs> in an electric zapper and take heart in ridding the world of mosquito-borne diseases. That, <laughs> One mosquito at a time. <laughs> <laughs> that kill hundreds of thousands. I'm a crusader. <laughs> Especially if you have a sword-shaped zapper. Sword-shaped zapper. No, I'd rather have the tennis racket-shaped zapper. More surface area. All right, so that was number six. And the final one... 
See, this should be higher on the list. Roadkill Collector. Ooh. It's government work, though. So is, all, so is pretty much everything Unless else. Unless you're a hobbyist. The picture they have here is a bear on the side of the road with blood coming out of its mouth. Oh, Lord. You would probably want at least one other person to help you with that. <laughs> the body of Franska the Sylvanian bear after she was killed in a road accident in southern France. That's the picture they chose? Not just like a possum? Generally, you or don't, a deer? You don't encounter that sort of thing. No, you do. Now, you but then you see the person who hit them on the other side of the road. <laughs> so normally, if, if that happens around here, you have a group of people. Group comes to get the bear, group comes to get the car. Yeah, and possibly the person in the car. If you can find them. Yeah. It's If they weren't eaten by another bear. It's sad, but somebody has to clean up the roadkill that the person driving in front of you just nailed with their pickup truck. While the black bear is a, a special example, it is seriously hard work to clean animal guts off the road every day. And you'll never know what you'll find. Some days it could be a weasel, some days a deer, and other days just a cute little bear. That is not a cute little bear. That is a massive fucking bear. I mean, that's just like, oh, that look, a, it's Paddington. They said that was a special circumstance there. Yeah. There you go. That was your seven worst professions... According to... According to allthatsinteresting.com. Or GARP. Whichever one you want to go with. I'm not applying for any of those. I might do the roadkill. Just give me the right mask. And make sure he doesn't bring home anything for dinner. Yeah, exactly. Never mind that. Very Texas says, hey, don't worry about dinner tonight. Say, yeah, I'm now double worried about dinner tonight. No, no, I'm bringing ribs. And Who's? you're not coming home. <laughs> you be like, Chris. Did you guys hear about that big car accident earlier? Oh, by the way, I got six racks of ribs. Hey, Congratulations. Y'all yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. yeah, do you want some? No, Marissa. All right, so uh, cue... That's what I'm worried about. Cue disgusting music. There you go. Another Achieving Rally the Podcast done and done. I hope you really enjoy hearing about those horrible, horrible jobs. And like I said before, if you really are looking for a job, maybe skip over these. Though the mortician one kind of doesn't gross me out. But whatever. For Chris, Marissa, in parentheses, Harvey, and the rest of the gang, I'm Larry saying, come on, everybody, you know you want to gut people and drain all their blood. See you later. Hey there, listeners. Larry here. This is your first time listening, then. Hey, how's it going? You're listening with a friend or just kind of ran into us. I can help you find us some more. You can find us by searching on Spotify or Podbean by typing in Achieving Reality in the search bar. Or you can go on Facebook and type in Achieving Reality and find us that way. Thanks a whole lot and keep enjoying the show. We love you all. Ouch. <laughs> I think I sprained something in that one. <laughs>